This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. This one for April 26th, 2022, episode 541. The usual crew back in action. Welcome back, Miranda Sanchez. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for welcoming back. It was nice to get a vacation, <laughs> to sleep, and to read books. Well deserved. Destin Legary, hello. Bam, it's good to have the whole crew here. This is great. Yes, it is always. It feels good work because we're about to head into you know, the spring, summer. Things are going to start to ramp up pretty quickly. Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. Constantly tired, but that is a constant state of being, so it is fine. <laughs> well, as long as you're good with it, I, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Before we get started, I wanted to do a quick check-in here on the Halo TV show with all of you. We talked about it when it first went up, uh, and now that we're uh, several episodes in, I wanted to go around the, the room before we start getting into the gaming news and just see how everyone's feeling. Temperature check on the Halo TV show. Destin, I'm going to go to you first here. Uh, remind me how you are feeling after the first episode and, and if your feelings have changed at all. Okay, full spoiler warning. I'm going to go spoilers this time. I said yeah. like one thing people were mad about last time, so wait, whatever. Wait, wait, for which episodes? One and two. Oh, okay. I think the show opens and it's great. I love the level of violence. I like how they set up uh, the first episode with the, the um, you know, rebels basically and how they sort of talk about Spartans as, as these mythological characters and then they're introduced and they like slaughter the covenant i i thought that was really really cool and then the dude just starts taking off his helmet and he takes it off and by episode what three he's like sitting he's there naked. naked looking in the mirror <laughs> what? carving something out of his back and i'm just like okay like put it put the armor back on dude like um and I, I have heard that episode five i believe is the most recent one things start picking back up but man uh, episodes one and two, I've I've watched. I started episode three, and uh, I need to finish out, catch up on the series. I like it, but I'm very cautious about how it's gonna gonna end up at the end. I believe it or not, I do like how they handled Cortana in the end. I think seeing her in motion, seeing her in the scenes, yeah. are much better than when they showed the trailer. And I do think they added a few touches so. in post uh, from that initial trailer. So I'm very happy with those adjustments to Cortana. And I really like um, how they add her in, into Chief's brain. But she doesn't. it doesn't seem like she's like on a chip. She's like in his head, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that introduces some narrative things that might be problematic, like in season two and things like that, because you can't take the chip out. Like, right. To, yeah, uh, so loaded into like Covenant consoles and yeah, so like I'm, I'm a little curious how narratively they're going to handle that or storytelling wise, but it's okay. I, it gets an okay, a six, seven out of ten for me. All right, so yeah. it sounds like you your overall thoughts really haven't, or your overall feeling hasn't really changed too much. I need to watch that episode five. I'm a little behind, so I need to catch up. Um, I spent so much time with him just out of outfit, not doing things. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like it was a good use of time for him out of costume, because I don't feel like the character development was where it needed to be. It all felt really rushed. Um, it didn't feel like they were building organic relationships with, with each other, you know, uh, with, with, I'd say with the, ex the exception of him and that, that Spartan, because they set that up in that first episode that yeah. sort of let him go. Uh, so there's a history there and I liked how they handled that. I think Cortana and chief it's being handled, uh, pretty well, but him and the, the woman from the rebels, I'm, I'm just like, that one's just a little weird for me, especially because they send like the whole fleet after chief because he wouldn't murder her <laughs> in the first episode. And I was like, what, whoa, what? So you think chief went rogue because he wouldn't slaughter some one person? So yeah, 10 years of service, however long it's been, he, he disobeys one order and they're like, he's gone rogue, put an AI in his brain. 
Well, so, they are, yeah. but in fairness, they are in this in this version in the silver timeline. They are like meant to just be servant robots for for the military, basically. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Stella, how me. about you? Where where are you with the Halo TV series? Are you caught up? I am not because I am waiting for the series to be out so that I can do the Paramount. Uh, what is it? The one the, month thing. Yeah, the <laughs> free free thing and um, yeah. catch up on it then. But yeah, I saw the first two episodes, of course. Um, the pacing felt really off. Like, it just felt like it went through really quickly. But that's just from the first two episodes. And then, of course, like, on the subreddit and on Twitter, I see pictures of Master Chief's butt. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't need to see the Master Cheeks, okay? Like, that is not the plot <laughs> of this show. <laughs> Stella, was the reaction, what is going on? Or was it, what's going on? <laughs> no, it's, it's, what is, I, this is... This is not my master. Chief. <laughs> is that a knife in your ass, or are you just happy to see? Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, it's a knife. It's actually a knife. Taking out a little thing and buy out of my back. Like, like here's the thing. Also, I saw like the clips of of like, oh, the helmet goes back on for a serious moment. Oh, they just went through force. It comes back off, and I'm just like, huh, okay, maybe at this point I'd rather see his butt since since that seems to be the better quality thing that is coming out of this. So I don't know. Again, wow. I haven't seen it all. I only saw the first two episodes, so I can't judge. But you know, seeing his cheekies were very weird. So, and the Mandalorian Miranda. shows up. That that part was weird. <laughs> Uh, Miranda, are you, where are you with this? So I am also doing the same play as Stella as I'm okay. waiting for the trial, yeah. just because like, <laughs> I already subscribed to a lot of things. I'm like, I yeah. don't, I'd rather save the money if I can. Um, I did watch the first two episodes, though, and I wasn't on the, the chat before you guys, when you, we talked about it. I have a lot of thoughts. I had a whole notes page of thoughts, and I don't know where they went because it's been so long. But um, I like a lot about it. It's weird because I think as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate difference in stories when it's like an adaptation for a different medium. So of course, like the video game, very different character for Chief, and it makes sense that they want to change him for the TV show. I think my biggest gripe about this so far would probably be the Rebel Girl. It's just, even in the first two episodes, it feels like she's constantly holding him back, and I think she serves as a good person to be like hey explain this to me because i don't know what's happening here because i'm not from here but there's just a lot with her it just feels like ah, if she were in here things could just really pop yes. off and but they can't because she's here and he's got to take keep her safe and all this other stuff um i don't mind necessarily that he takes off his helmet but hearing that he just has it off a lot is a little annoying it's like okay I appreciate that early on, they just like ripped off the bandaid. They make it very clear that this is not the same canon as the games. Here's our chief. Here's his face. His voice is different. His demeanor is a little bit different. He he has like that some classic John, I think, motivations in being like very loyal to UNSC and to Halsey and to the mission. But at the same time, uh, I think within the timeline, of course, with the games and then this, like his his sort of veering off the path happens gradually, whereas this has to happen immediately. And it's just a very interesting thing because you can see where he was probably written from like the same, like the same bat, like he's, he was baked in the same batter. Like they're mixing it up. They're like, yeah, this is John, this is his identity. But at this one, we left this, uh, I'm using like baking analogs here. We let this one proof in a proofing drawer and we let this one proof out outside and then we baked this one at a different temperature and we coated this one with different fillings and like that's just how it is like right like it's still the same idea of who john is as a spartan but because situationally i think the story like the story's pushing him in a very different way it feels believable to to me in this version of him that he would make these choices or he could be like this but it's like you we don't need his helmet off all the time though like it's it's cool like i think it's like a almost like a power symbol in a way too like that's just what the spartans do to me it's like it it, it doesn't make you need less human it's just they just have their helmets on that's just their their uniform that's their outfit and so for him to have it off so much even even though he's in kind of like this somewhat state of rebellion is a little weird it's like you don't you could just have his helmet on guys like it's is it just that uncomfortable like <laughs> I don't know. As as a fellow baker, I am so proud of that comparison. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hungry now after you. I, I love like... bread. So, like this one has cinnamon raisin. This one's just a plain loaf. You know, <laughs> the cinnamon raisin is the one that we get in uh, 
in the games. We, we record this before lunch every week. So now, yeah. now I'm just extra yeah. hungry, but yes, I really just want to bake some good bread. Um, but, huh? but yeah. And I think like the world building is really cool. Like I love that they're taking chief in a lot of different places and they're setting up, um, a, a good, I guess, contrast with the game suit. There are some very silly narrative things that just don't make sense. It's like, we did this because we had to, just because we had to move this along. Like some of the arguments between like, I guess like Miranda Keys and other people, or like between that girl, like the rebels, like we must murder her. She knows the secrets and she did not offer this one answer. And the way she reacts to some stuff too, is just so volatile in a very silly way. Also, it's like, how did they not know about the covenant? This war has been going on. Like they established the covenant war has been going on. This is not a new first attack. This is not first contact. And they're like, we've heard rumors about the Spartans slaying all these people. It's just the covenant coming in. It's just the elites. And then the Spartans are like, oh, please stop. And like, sure, yes, in, in Halo War, like the Spartans were kind of built up to like quell interactions and stuff. Like that is a big deal. But and and that makes sense narratively that they're trying to pair it that way. But it's like you guys literally live out in space and have the internet in the space for how do you not know about the covenant you seriously have never seen them like are you guys just high all the time because they're out there getting those mushrooms or whatever i was like you guys this is so silly like there's just like just laps in basic knowledge that don't make sense sometimes in the show i'm like you know whatever i <laughs> Just, just accept it and move on. Like sometimes you just have to accept and move on. I will also say the elite armor, it makes them look like roly polies. Like I think a lot of the the look of things look good, but then the elites, I'm like, what happened? Your armor, you're so round. Are you gonna just like roll around here soon? Like <laughs> change it up? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I am. Uh, so I'm caught up, and I, my opinion really hasn't changed. I still just feel like it's fine. Like it's, I'm watching it. It's fine. I, I'm not like psyched for each week's new episode. We already know there's a season two. From it seems like they're tracking towards really introducing the the idea of the literal Halo itself. That seems to be building up towards something at the end of this season, and then that'll lead into season two. But yeah, it's I don't know. There's there are a lot of dumb things. There's there's been there have been barely any battles so far, which just in my head I I can't help but go. Oh, because the because of the budget, like they have a, you know, this is this is certainly an expensive show, but it's not like uh, we had a story on IGN this week that the Stranger Things Netflix mm. spent like forty million an episode on it, and and the oh. the upcoming Lord of the Rings prequel show for, uh, on Amazon is like the most expensive show ever made. It's something like sixty million dollars per episode, and it's I'm sure Halo has a decent budget, but it. It also obviously doesn't have as high a budget as you would want after playing all the games. Like there are there have not been a lot of like big set pieces, big things going on. I'm sure we'll get one before the season ends and but yeah, it's it's just okay so far. I'm not I'm not loving it. Uh I I said this after the first two episodes that my favorite characters and dynamic was was Cortana and Dr. Halsey. And there's still, I still think those are the two most interesting characters. I mean, Jen Taylor, it is, I will say, it is a, it is like just a, it's like a comfortable blankie having, <laughs> having Jen Taylor still be the voice of Cortana. That is some like really welcome continuity from the games that, because I'm like, if it, if it were anyone else voicing Cortana, I think it would feel pr like completely, like utterly foreign from the games, but the, having at least that connective tissue, I like a lot. And Natasha McElhone, who's playing Dr. Halsey, she's, you know, we, we get some yeah. Halsey in the games, but the show is focused a lot more on her and sort of the fact that she like kind of operates outside of the law and has all these weird plans. And I like her character a lot. And, uh, but overall, yeah, it's fine. I don't blame anybody, uh, including my two fellow panelists who want to just wait and do the free trial and binge this thing without spending whatever i guess it'll take what 20 30 bucks if you were to actually watch it weekend and and we go we'll see how it goes we'll check in i think we'll do one more of these conversations after the season's over after we've all seen season one and then we'll kind of go back and, and give our personal season one reviews
For now, though, let's move on to Xbox news. And it is good news this week. Xbox just had its best March sales performance in the last 11 years. The March NPDs came out now that we're in April, nearing the end of April. Uh, so Xbox brought in more money in March than either of its major competitors, either the Switch or the PS5. I uh, saw this on The Verge, who writes, between the Series S remaining in stock consistently and the increasingly obtainable Series X, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, Microsoft's consoles led in terms of hardware dollars for March 2022 and the entire first quarter in the U.S. This is the best March result for Xbox hardware sales in a long time, with the most total units sold since March of 2011 and the most revenue for March since 2014, which was just a few months after the Xbox One was released and uh, we had Titanfall in March of 2014 as well. So again, March 2011, that's the 360 era. That is a good long time ago. And obviously those were the glory days, uh, the gloriest days for Microsoft so far. So I, I, this is pretty significant uh, and they're doing it guys without a lot of exclusives so far this year. Uh, they, had a, they had a strong second half last year, but uh, the, the future is only brighter. Uh, Miranda, I'll just go right back to you. Your thoughts on, on Microsoft climbing to the, to, the, to the top of a significant metric here in the NPD numbers. So the first point you noticed too, or stated was that availability is such a huge part of this, right? I think it's less, I guess it's weird to frame it like this way, less impressive about it beating out PlayStation just because of the sheer unavailability of PlayStation 5s. Like you just, you still can't get them. Um, but the fact that it beat out Switch is really impressive. Um, I think the Nintendo Switch has had like a killer year already and it's just going to have more, like, yes, we're getting two Pokemon games in one year. My heart is very happy. Um, but that, like, that's a lot and there's constantly things coming out for the Switch. So it's, it's interesting to see that the Series X is like pulling ahead of that. And that's awesome. And of course, the Series S being more affordable and I think a great entry point into a lot of games. Uh, so it's awesome to see that they're they're doing well. And I'm excited to see what they have for us this year as well. I'm like, I'm ready for like the E3 timing, you know, like the, the summer announcements. I'm ready. Yes, where we'll, where we'll inevitably get Starfield gameplay finally, I'm sure. I mean, it would be shocking that that didn't happen. Destin, I mean, you got to give some credit to Microsoft too, even, even if... Uh, you know, you're, if it's more of an availability thing or as much of an availability thing than any, anything else, but Microsoft got there, they, they were able to procure more chips and more supply. That's, to, that's commendable. That's, that's doing right by your, your consumers. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. I remember talking about the Xbox series S specifically on this show. And we called it out. We said this console is going to be a sleeper hit because the gamer community gets so invested in 4K and frame rate and all this stuff. And you know what your average consumer cares about? Playing games. Like that's what people want. They want a bunch of games. They want to be experiencing those next gen titles and they don't particularly care if it's at 1080p or if it's at 4K. We get so caught up in the narratives that are like spread around within the gaming community that we forget that when i go to costco guess what the xbox series s is installed is in stock regularly and grandma's going to be buying that for the kids when they come over uh, dad's going to buy that for the kids you know and they're just there they're there and available to purchase you hear all about next gen you're hearing about game pass it's very like you don't even have to market it that much on the xbox side it's just there and sony has not been able to figure out their supply constraints uh, xbox looks like they've sort of there was like a month where you could actually get a series x right um but yeah sony just wasn't able to figure out the semiconductor issue there are some stories going around that Xbox paid for semiconductor priority. If that's true, yeah, that's smart on their part. Honestly, I don't know how they outbid Sony because Sony definitely want, like Sony really cares about their console sales, right? Nintendo, of course, has dwarfed them both, uh, but it's, it's just interesting that that transpired, so. I think it's the Series S more than paying for semiconductors because for some reason they're able to produce them readily. And kudos to to Xbox. And this isn't this is like what the second month they've come out on top. 
Uh, well, I mean, overall dollars, they, they were number one for the, the whole quarter. So for the first three months. Yeah. And that might continue into the foreseeable future. I do hope that PlayStation fans are able to get their consoles uh, when they're available. They're, they're very hard to get. We were just talking off air about getting consoles for the office in San Francisco, for example, right? And we can't buy them. <laughs> so the struggle is real. Uh, hopefully people are able to get the consoles that they want. I think that this is like a dead even race for all the all the manufacturers because of the semiconductor throttling. I'm really curious to see what happens once that issue is alleviated, but I don't think that's going to happen. Not with the world events that are happening right now. It's not going to happen anytime soon. We're like looking three, four years out. And it, so the resources just aren't available. Yeah. Yeah, Stella, your thoughts here and and certainly the Series S in addition to being more of approachable and affordable for casual gamers, it's it's probably also tempting as a Game Pass machine for people that are PlayStation gamers who want to double up and have both consoles in a in a more affordable way, right? Yeah, I mean, so uh, one of my viewers on my stream, he actually got a, a Series S because he's usually just he usually just plays games on his PS5, but he was like, yeah, no, it, there are so many games that I haven't been able to play, and the Series S is very accessible for me, so why wouldn't I get it? And then also, uh, wait, was it last? No, last two weeks ago? Um, when Austin was on, he was talking about how the Series S is so easy for him to just transport with him because he's on the road constantly. So there's also that aspect. So people who travel a lot or people who yeah. are, you know, maybe wanting to visit family for an extended period of time, they can get the Series S and like travel with that, which is huge for a lot of people, um, which is, you know, kind of the big draw of the Switch because you can take it and game wherever you want, right? So there are a lot of different aspects to um, the Xbox this generation that I feel appeal to the general audience, which is great. And Destin did bring up a good point that most people don't care about that. They just want to get these games they want to play. And especially with Game Pass being so big now with all these titles and like day one titles that you can play, it's, it's of course, it's going to be huge. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad more people are able to get the Xbox. I feel like the Xbox has also been um, one of those names in gaming that you're just like, oh, my grandkid wants a gaming console. Let me get them the Xbox, you know? So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, the name comes with it, of course. So Yeah, it's uh it's it's been great to see. I mean, uh the the dollar thing, I mean, you know, it's not overall units, but dollars <laughs> Microsoft cares. I think uh, I think they'll take the higher dollar amount versus more units sold because it's ultimately <laughs> more money in their pocket. But um yeah, I mean, if we talked about this on Next Gen Console Watch last week, which, yes, that show is still going, believe it or not. There's people because people are still just trying to even get those consoles. But, um, you know, it is kind of it has been a quiet 2022 for Microsoft thus far on the exclusives front. But we talked about, uh, you know, Jonathan on the PlayStation side, me on the Xbox side, about some first party games that we might reasonably still see this year. Obviously, we have whatever the quote-unquote E3, you know, summer, summer press conference coming up, uh, certainly for Microsoft, probably for Sony, I would imagine, as well. And on, on the Microsoft side, you know, so we have Starfield on the calendar. They just released another developer diary about the music and the score with Inan Zur uh, and the game's audio director. Today, I just watched that before the show. And they keep hammering on 11.11. So <laughs> as of now, they have not, they are sticking to it and it's gonna, it's still out this year and hopefully it's gonna make it. But, you know, I thought there were a few other games that are in the Microsoft portfolio that, that might have a decent chance of, of actually hitting in 2022. And we'll find out after the, the press conference, but uh, I think Hellblade 2 seems like there's a reasonable chance there. We've seen that a couple of times. We got a demo a gameplay demo of that uh, back at the Game Awards. That was the first ever Series X game that was announced back in, in December of 2019. So, and, and Unreal Engine 5 is done. We talked about that as well. So that could be this fall. Can we give Before a thumbs up? Can we give a thumbs that, up, Justin? thumbs down on Ryan's guesses? Oh yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, I, I say no on, I say no, no on Hellblade. No on Hellblade. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Miranda, no. no. Stella? What? I guess different. No. <laughs> Do you think it's coming out this year? That's all right. That's all right. I don't know. I <laughs> all right. Uh, 22. Hmm. 
Yeah, I you feel know. like that's. I feel like that's soon. We'll. See. All right. Well. All right. So uh, no love from the panel on that one. I would love <laughs> how that. The, <laughs> how about the Forza Motorsport next gen reboot that was announced during the 2020 showcase? We haven't seen anything from it since. Mm. We had Horizon Five last fall, but we know they're rebuilding motorsport from the ground up for next gen only. Uh, they've had a lot of time. And it seems like, you know, that those games do, the Forza games, either Horizon or Motorsport, have always hit in the fall. That could be this fall. I think there's, a, again, a reasonable chance. Destin's looking like he's going to throw down a it's, thumbs down again. I, yeah, sorry. I, I say no <laughs> on that one, but... Miranda it's, also... Really? It's too close It's cl too close to Horizon 5, right? So Horizon 5... Yeah, yeah. Remember, like, they used to alternate every year, right? Yeah. It would be Horizon one year, Motorsport the next, then on and on. I, I think it'll be next year. I think it'll be next year. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, and then I think it gets admittedly a little dicier after this, but uh, Everwild, you know, we haven't seen in some time. Oh. Uh, if we, we'll probably have a much better idea <laughs> yeah. about that. I think something's seriously wrong see. with that one. Maybe. Figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then. Um, or sorry, that was from my 2023 list. I'm reading the wrong thing. Uh, what I was going to say was... Redfall. You could say Redfall. Well, I don't even think that's coming this year. Because no. They, no, it's definitely They not. haven't said anything about it since no. it was announced a year ago. Okay, yeah. but it wasn't even like gameplay. It was just a cinematic reveal. Right. So, it, yeah, right. I don't... I, I, that's going to be a minute. <laughs> Unless the other they one, say... They said summer. They did say summer of 2022. They, they haven't corrected it. Xbox times get it's April. Hello. Yeah. I think it's going to be this year. I, I'm I'm going to stick to my guns and think it's going to be this year. Where's that? Okay. They don't have to show gameplay to have a game ready. Like that's, that's true. There's, there's a lot not. of studios that just have like, all right, here's this coming out later. We'll have a little event about it later. See ya. Where's that summer stream we were promised? I think Hopefully they were less than two months out from that. I would, I I would want think. this game so bad. I, yeah, I'm more excited game. after the really leaks, good. Miranda. The leaks actually have me more excited because it's like early, but mm -hmm. I'm more interested in the concept of it. And it's like Destiny. It's Destiny the game, basically. But vampires and stuff. <laughs> Destiny, yeah. but vampires. Perfect. Loot. Perfect uh, it's game. a loot based game. So, yeah. Sorry, Miranda. Oh, yeah, I was just saying it's like a perfect summer game. Like, I, there's so many games that I wish would come out over the summer when things are a little bit quieter. It's like, now I have a lot of time to, like, dump into this with my friends. Like, they're not doing anything big, so we can all just team up and have a good time together. And so few games come out in the summer, and I'm like, please, 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 please. Not in fall when I'm super busy and won't be able to play with my friends. Please. <laughs> the other one I had on my maybe in 2022 list is Machine Games Indiana Jones game. I know we haven't seen oh, gameplay yeah. on that either. I'll give you that one, Ryan. I'm gonna give you that. It was a while one. ago. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, that it's that's and Wolfenstein was a was a while ago. Like that game's clearly been in development for a while. So again, reasonable chance, I think. Not and certainly if any of the uh, Starfields is the one, the only one with a date, it's possible that none of those come out in 2022. But Starfield's maybe, a lock. You know, maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. I think Starfield's a lock. They've been hitting their marketing beats like on point, like once a month. They've been yeah. talking about the game openly. They've said the game's been done for a long time. Mm -hmm. So they're probably just doing remaining polish and stuff. I think Starfield's an absolute lock. Uh, what was the other one you were just talking about, though? Not Indiana Machine Jones. Game. Indiana Jones. I, I, think, I think that one will be their big flagship this, this holiday, actually. Yeah, well, it could be. I mean, and that's... In, in addition to Starfield. Right. And... There's no get we Indiana Jones could be a multi-platform game because that's mm -hmm. that's through Lucasfilm. Obviously, Microsoft owns Bethesda, who's developing uh, with machine games. There is a chance that one could be a multi-platform if if there was an arrangement made prior to the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda. But it would still be great to have that game this fall if indeed it is going to be ready. And then yeah, you look ahead. The, the, I was getting ahead of myself. The 2023 list. Oh yeah, maybe Everwild, maybe State of Decay three, maybe we see Fable in twenty twenty three, maybe we see Avowed in twenty twenty three, and Miranda, maybe we see Gears six in twenty twenty three, as well. I think twenty twenty three. Oh, Miranda, I can't hear you. Just me mouthing, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think twenty twenty three. They stack up like a triple A every quarter. And then they have that they'll be set up for 2024 also. I think I think this is just an off year for both for like everybody, really. Like Zelda. Well, got so, I mean, so, to be fair, Sony's put out some 
pretty awesome first party stuff this year. That's a they fun just don't have anything. Yeah, they've only got one more for the rest of the year. Yeah, but they yeah they've they've put out like a few pretty excellent things thus far. Yeah, and Horizon, right? Wait, What's that, one? Miranda? Oh, I just said Nintendo's also had a lot already too, and they have yeah. a few other things planned. Yeah, so. so it's it's been a bit quiet on the Microsoft front, but De Destin, I think you're absolutely right that, and in, in fact, after all the studio acquisitions, that was I feel like that was something either Matt Booty or Phil Spencer publicly said is you know we that we want to have a f a big first party game every quarter moving mm -hmm. forward, and they are positioning themselves now to be able to do that. Yeah, with all of these uh, all of these studios that are well, cranking hard. There's that. They're hiring for a position to organize all of these projects that they have going on. The Activision deal has been signed off by Activision at this point. I believe that was a news story recently. So now it just needs to go through the FTC. So if the FTC approves it, that'll be folded into the Xbox library. There's a lot in the works right now, but 2022 has been the weakest Xbox year thus far in a while because everything got pushed out of Q1 and Q2, which is a bummer. But hopefully we start getting some decent releases this fall. I do worry about the Indiana Jones thing because the marketing has been like very quiet on it. Yeah, I mean, we've hardly yeah. seen anything from it yet, but that could all change very quickly. Uh, this next one, this next item is a surprise. And that's why the screenshot behind me is on the screen, not just for comedic effect. But uh, 2K and, and Gearbox have announced Despite the death of Telltale, and I mean, yes, subsequent rebirth of a different Telltale, but uh, there is a new Tales from the Borderlands game that is in development at Gearbox internally, which is interesting. It's a simple announcement at Gearbox's PAX East panel. CEO Randy Pitchford uh, mentioning that the new game will be fully revealed in the summer, but they showed, uh, just they just tweeted out, new adventure, new characters, New Tales, and all new Tales from the Borderlands game is coming in 2022. So it's out this year from Gearbox and 2K. Uh, before I, I get to my uh, the bone I have to pick with this series, which you, you can probably see where I'm going uh, by looking behind me, but where does, where does Tales from the Borderlands rank for each of you in your sort of hierarchy of, of best slash favorite Telltale games? Um, Rand, I'll go your way first on this. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel bad because there were a lot of Telltale games that I started and then never finished. Not because I didn't like them, but I'm not sure what it was. So the only one that I actually got all the way through and of course really enjoyed was Wolf Among Us, which I know is a, a very big favorite. I started Walking Dead. I liked it. I know everyone really, really loves it, but I was like, oh, I just kind of fell off. Um, and I started Tales from the Borderlands and I really did like that one too. And I think that's one of the few that I was like, if I go back, that's the one. That one and the and the Batman ones were the ones that I really wanted to go back to, but never really had time to. So I I did enjoy what I played of it, but you know that's kind of where it is. So we're number one is the only one because it's finished and also probably one of the best. Wolf Among Us. <laughs> it's hard to argue against that. It's it's uh, yeah. many people's favorite. Stella, have you played uh, a bunch of the Telltale games or? Yeah, um, I so I actually finished uh, Clem's story uh, this December. So um, I finished all of the Telltale, The Walking Dead, which is definitely my first. Then it's Wolf Among Us, and then it would yeah. probably be Tales. Um, it was just, I, I loved just how great they were at telling stories in each respective universe. Um, and, you know, I, I have never finished a Borderlands game just because I feel like it gets constantly repetitive. But having it in story format, I was like, wait, this is really cool. I recognize this character. Wait, this world is actually super cool. Um, getting to see things from a different perspective. It was really interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, yes, that, that's, that's where my hierarchy is currently. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually the same as you. I've never finished a, a Gearbox Telltale, a Gearbox Borderlands game, yeah. but I finished and adore Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, Destin, what's your Telltale list look like? Where's Tales fall on that? Uh, Tales of Borderlands, I think it's the first or second episode, has one of the best jokes in gaming in it. Uh, I seriously, I love it. It's with the the retinal scan. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you, I know if you know, you know. If you don't play the first episode of the Borderlands uh, series from Telltale, it is, it is really, really good. Um, 
Walking Dead's definitely the top. I would say Walking Dead is probably required playing if you're interested in Telltale at all because of how that relationship between uh, the two characters are intertwined yeah. throughout the storytelling. Uh, definitely evocative, I would say. Evokes a lot of emotion from me, even just thinking about it now. I, I really adore The Walking Dead. And honestly, I'm with Miranda with a lot of the other ones. I start them and I don't finish them because you know it's a, you just watch it on YouTube. Your decisions in the end don't really end up mattering that much for your ending. You kind of get a canon ending and that's that because of the way the, the stories are intertwined. And uh, that, when I realized that, it sort of uh, uh, broke the immersion. But some of, yeah. I, I suppose some of the episodic aspect of it made it hard to sometimes follow up with too right like it's just like oh yeah i gotta go play that and then you just forget and then it's lost to time like i felt like that happened with me a lot uh do you mind if i ask everybody a quick question ryan please what's the weirdest telltale game you played for me it's game of thrones which i have 45 oh, hours on record yeah, no. for because i did the guide for like several <laughs> episodes of it <laughs> Yeah, I played that. I played it through. I did not understand that as someone who has watched Game of Thrones, I was like, this, I am not interested in this at all. Like, I have completely really? wiped that from my brain. Like, it, I was like, <laughs> why do I care about these people? Why yeah. are we here? What are we doing? This is so, I'm just like, all right, y'all can die. I don't care. <laughs> I did the first episode, same reaction, Stella. I was yeah. like, I couldn't get into Game of Thrones. Uh, Wolf, Wolf is the most popular one, and I also just not not into it. Uh, right, love the show, Destin. <laughs> that's fine. That's later. fine. Loved Walking <laughs> Dead, and I I loved uh, the humor in Borderlands. Actually, I found it very funny, but I didn't finish Borderlands either. I just I, I have a disconnect with the Telltale games. It's hard for me to just. I just feel like I'm just watching a movie. <laughs> uh, Miranda, to answer your question, uh, I've exactly the same answer as Stella. The, their game, the Telltale Game of Thrones, just there was something about it that just wasn't like I loved everything. I went into that like big Telltale fan, play all the Telltale stuff, and there was just something like I didn't like the art style. I didn't like something was the story. Just... It was just it just didn't didn't work for me in the mm. way that a lot of their other their other games, most of their other games, worked well for me, but. Um, yeah, for me, it's I actually think Tales from the Borderlands. I think it's the best the best season of anything Telltale ever did. Um, even though I might like emotionally, the uh, to echo, um, I think it was Destin. Season one of The Walking Dead is one of the most em emotionally evocative video games I've I've ever played, uh, and I hold it very near and dear. But the the front to back storytelling, all I think it's five episodes of Tales from the Borderlands, so well done, so well handled with the dual narratives going back and forth, great humor. It was just exceptionally done. And like I was saying, like, like Stella, I'm not even, I'm not even a big Borderlands fan, but I love Tales from Borderlands. I would put probably Walking Dead season one second on my list. And then uh, Wolf Among Us number three with Batman uh, closing in behind that. But, and they, you think about it, Telltale really did do a lot of great stuff. It's such a shame that their management completely Ugh. ran that company into the ground and cost so many great people their jobs. Uh, just makes it all the all the worse. So very quickly, this conversation has made me want to use iGen's new playlist feature to make a playlist of games, which is just a list of games that are kind of compiled together for whatever reason you may want. Um, I want to do a games for sobbing. So if you just feel like getting your heart crushed, just uh, just just, just eviscerated. You got to go get the tissues. Sometimes yeah. you just want to cry real bad, you know. I'm just like, yeah, I just feel like feeling something today. So yeah, then you just want to play a game that really hits. So I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, the last season of uh, the Clem's Adventure in The Walking Dead. I forget which one it because there were so many. Um, I that's the one that I played last year. I when I tell you, it brought back all the feelings of season one, The Walking Dead. I cried on stream. Yeah. It was. God, they do such a good job of telling stories. And like, I know we're going to go into this, but that's why like this, this gearbox made, so I'm just like, mm, <clears throat> I, I think I'm, I think I'm okay. <laughs> well, you, I mean, it's fair to bring up because you're right. I mean, Telltale, we just went over their history and how impressive it is, how, what, what high quality storytellers they were. And can I mean Gearbox has a has a high bar to hit with this with a new 
you know, doing a, a new Tales from the Borderlands in-house. I mean, it's it's not going to be easy for them to to nail this. I mean, they, do I think they have the talent? Absolutely. But, you know, it's it's they've Gearbox has not made a game like this, a narrative adventure game. Uh, they've done a great job with the Borderlands series of injecting good humor and some good storytelling elements into their games. I mean, Tiny, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands most recently is excellent. But yeah, it's it's uh, there will be some serious expectations on a new Tales from the Borderlands game. And uh, before we move on, uh, I do want to point out, if you're watching on video, so you might be wondering why I have a, a screenshot of myself behind me. Uh, because th- that's literally, <laughs> like, look at that. That's oh Vaughn God, from really Tales from weird. the Borderlands. Oh my God. It is astounding. Like, there have been a few, I think, you know, everybody's probably played a game where, like, there's a character that kind of looks like them in some way. Look at this. <laughs> like, it's, there had to be, like, I don't say this egotistically, but it's, the hair's the same color, the build is the same, the facial hair is the same, also the facial hair is the same color, same big nose, the hair's parted the same way, Vaughn is literally me. It's, it's really just, weird. It's insane. It's- and the fact that they had Chris Hardwick voice him, no, I should be able to voice Vaughn <laughs> in this new tale. So I am putting it out there right now to Gearbox. Gearbox, cast me in this role. I have a good voice. I get told I have a good voice a lot. It's the one quality I got because I sure didn't get the face. Oh my God. But cast me, at, let me voice myself and I will do you proud in this, I promise. Because it's just crazy. Like it, <laughs> if, make the same face. I, we gotta find you some glasses, and you can make the yeah, face. Yeah. Just like what's just cosplay yeah, just, him? It's, just, yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same. It's me. It's actually me. So we need to write this wrong. Gearbox is all I'm mm. saying. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go over this real quick because this, this is, is significant. Yeah. 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 Three four three has revealed the 2022 roadmap for Halo Infinite. And we've got a late August release window for campaign co-op. Uh, Joseph Staten on Halo Waypoint writing this blog. Everything's subject to change, of course, but here we go. So uh, the roadmap is an evolving document. They want to make make clear. It starts with season two called Lone Wolves, of course, which is going to start on May 3rd and run through November 7th. And we already oh, knew that season two... Is going to launch with a 100-tier battle pass, two new maps, one called Catalyst, that's an arena map, and Breaker, which is a big team battle map, and three new game modes, King of the Hill, welcome back, King of the Hill, Land Grab, uh, which, aka territories for my Halo 2 people out there, and Last Spartan Standing, which is a little Battle Royale-esque, which I think Destin might have a comment. Whoa, don't call it a Battle Royale, Ryan. but what was, uh, so we've got the campaign co-op looking like late August and Forge open beta in September. And it, they emphasize, again, these are all targets and may change, but uh, that's that's the scoop here. And then season three, which will start on November 8th, we'll have a new battle pass, all more new maps, more new modes, new sandbox items, narrative events, a fracture event, and campaign split-screen co-op. So the uh, the late August co-op will be uh, networked only, so, you know, online, uh, and then the split-screen coming after that in Season 3, with uh, 343 also noting, we know we need to deliver more content and more features more quickly. Staying true to priority zero of team health means that sometimes we need to slow down in order to stay healthy and move faster later but we're also aggressively looking at ways to accelerate. In other words, they don't want to crunch the team, burn everybody out to get all this stuff uh, done, but it is coming. Destin, you've put a lot of time into Halo Infinite multiplayer thus far. Your thoughts on the 2022 roadmap? It's incredibly weak, unfortunately, to say. Uh, They have two maps. One is a big team battle map, and one is a quick play map, and that's all we're getting in terms of new maps for six months. This is a six-month duration. I am happy that King of the Hill and Land Grab are coming back. Last Spartan Standing does sound like a mini battle royale. There is a circle that closes in, but a lot of people are hung up on the fact that you have five respawns. Uh, that brings the amount of people you have to kill 
to 60, right? So there's going to be 60 players on a big team battle map with a circle slowly closing in. There will be ordnance that falls from the sky that you can collect to, to power up. There's also an XP system that you can uh, level up with a kill. Or if you use one of your lives, you get basically uh, the same value in XP as you would for a kill. So you're sacrificing a life, but you get XP that way. I'm very intrigued by this mode. And uh, I do think it's going to be better than my initial reaction was to it. I think it's a, a twist on Battle Royale, uh, Halo style, and I'm really excited about it. If, if it makes it faster, quicker paced than Battle Royales currently are, I'm into it. And there's no penalty for leaving if you get knocked out or anything like that. But I think the, the roadmap is too sparse. And the fact that we're not getting campaign co-op until August, if they hit their target of August, and then we're not getting Forge until September, a month later, near the end of that six-month cycle, by the way. Uh, also a target, not a lock-in. That's really worrisome. And a lot of people have been saying, should Halo Infinite just have been delayed? Yes, you can prioritize team health. I absolutely understand that. But when your roadmap is this sparse, that tells me there were some very significant development issues ahead of that window that they had to hit. And... Yeah, I don't know. I, I worry about the longevity of the franchise. Yes, I got my 300 hours of Halo Infinite, which was awesome. I do worry because they want this to be a, an ongoing franchise. And I, th I think what their plan is, is to do a big relaunch in November for Halo Infinite. That may very well be the case, yeah, with uh, if Forge and Co-op are in there. Stella, you are our Halo <laughs> Infinite multiplayer reviewer, as well as our first-person shooter guru extraordinaire uh, yeah uh, and you're already <laughs> groaning that's not a good sign i i mean i i wanted this to be like at launch it was great right it, at launch it was great it was what yeah. everyone wanted from a halo, modern day halo um but even after like a month i realized ooh, okay yes they are addressing things that they need to work on they are trying to be transparent with the community but it's not quite enough and then seeing that season two is going to be six months long, six, that Ugh. is a lot. And yes, okay, sure. That gives a lot of people time to finish out a battle pass, but this is not how a live uh, service game should be operating, um, especially since there have already been so many things that have not been communicated properly with the community. I feel like there was a huge disconnect and this being said to be six months, especially with, yes, there's, there's cool content coming out, but that could easily be like three months stuff and i understand that they want to prioritize team health that's okay but it just feels weird it feels like there's no real solution to this currently and um i know with apex i think it was after like a year or two years that we did a re-review and i actually did that i would love to do that with halo infinite because um i already feel like my my personal view of the game has changed as well like i love the esports i love seeing people play i love playing it with people but it is just not a game that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll play this tonight. I'm feeling Halo Infinite because I'm just like, I know what to expect. Also, ping issues have still been a problem and it, it's yep. really hard to enjoy. Um, and, and there are just so many like little things that are affecting my experience of it. And then seeing the roadmap for season two, I'm just like, well, I definitely didn't buy the battle pass for this game and I'm not going to do it again. Or I'm not, gonna, yeah, I'm not going to do that this season. Um, it's just, I'll try it for probably a week and then, you know, after for six months, probably not going to touch it. <laughs> Miranda, how about you? Where are you with uh, with this roadmap? Echoing Stella, they're kind of putting themselves as the same place as season one, right? Like you get the launch, it's exciting for like two weeks maybe, and then you're like, well, I've seen all these maps for a very long time. We only have two new ones, so I just hope they pop up more often. And I'm sure maybe there'll be a playlist for some or something, but those can only entertain you for so long. And it just, six months is, that's a long time to say this is the only thing we're gonna have which like a lot i think a lot of people have talked about that like, i think still we we're also under the impression they're shortening the seasons right i thought that was the that's what yeah. we had heard somewhere but i guess maybe that was wrong <laughs> um so here's the thing right a lot of games don't necessarily get new maps like it's really rare for a big battle royale to get new maps dota 2 literally has the same map with just some adjustments for all of its lifespan but the thing with those games, right, it's a, it's very different in what you're engaging in. The scope of those maps, the places, the variables are so different. But with Halo, the variables are always the same, right? You're still going to get your weapons. You know what spawns there. Depending on the game mode, that's the only thing that really changes. Since you don't have that refresh of variables, like what are, 
what do you have to look forward to after you kind of get your time out of it? And I think that's part of the problem and something maybe they didn't quite learn in adapting this to be like more of a focus of a live game. It kind of feels like they're settling back into something that's too comfortable of just like, well, yes, this is free to play. However, we're still like dishing out stuff at too slow of a rate. Like I just try to think about a lot of other free to play games that I have or shooters and stuff and their content rollouts are pretty consistent. Um, I understand again, of course, team health, that focus is fantastic, but this is also three, four, three, this is halo, like Microsoft, what are you doing? How are you not giving them more resources or giving them an expanded multiplayer team to make sure that they're going to get managed properly? Um, obviously like, I think the map quality is generally pretty fantastic. Like there's some that I'm like, yeah, I'd rather not play this one right now, or this one kind of sucks for this particular mode, but is great for everything else. Generally, those are fantastic. And I know that's so hard to do. Um, but you look at sort of, I guess, the development cycle for other free-to-play games and how they balance characters and other things. And it takes them so long because they're working on them like a year in advance. And it's like, how long are they actually scoping these out? Or it's like, all right, we just finished them. They're launched. Time to work on the next ones. That'll be out in six months. It's like, that's not, it's not a good cycle, right? Like I can kind of see without having been there or like technically knowing what they're doing with this, um, they're maybe not giving them either enough resources or the planning scope to make sure that this is fulfilled in a way that is, I think, interesting for people who want to keep playing Halo. Like, I am very excited to go back with my friends and get some time in. But at the end of the day, like, exactly as Stella said, it's like, well, I mean, I guess I could play this thing that I already know, and I guess it's comfortable. But then also there's an event in Genshin Impact that's coming every single month, and there's two different events and new characters and things to do. Or, you know, I want to go play something with Apex. Like, there's just they're not just competing for our interests, but they're also competing for our time. Like there's just so much that's happening everywhere else between that and then of course like Elden Ring or other small indie games that are coming out. Like there's a lot for them to compete with and they're not making a hard bargain to try to get our time. Um, I don't need six months to complain about Pass. That's that's a very long time, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, the two new map thing, I agree with you. I'm like, so like you're telling me the map team didn't have enough support to make more than than two maps. And you got to remember, if you're hopping into quick play, you're only ever going to see that one new map. And you're only going to see that other new map if you're hopping into big team battle game modes. So the likelihood of you even seeing the new maps is low. So a lot of the content's going to look familiar. Uh, the one thing we didn't touch on though, Ryan, there's a stream tomorrow about this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be showing a brand new multiplayer narrative they're going to show brand new multiplayer narrative events. Now, I'm worried that's going to be like Spartan Ops because you and that I... That was the and first thing that came to mind for me too, yeah. You and I played that back in the day and it was mostly forgettable. Uh, I hope they've improved upon that formula. Yeah, um, uh, and then, I, Destin, I think you you called it. I mean, the, this this does seem like it's heading for... A, a, a sort of formal relaunch at some point down the road. Hopefully when they're able to you know, just kind of catch up, I guess, would be the, the best way to phrase it. And now the, the upside is, you know, we've seen gaming communities, uh, it, when the developer puts in the work and puts in the time and the effort, we've seen them come back around. I mean, look at, you know, No Man's Sky is the most probably high profile example, but we've seen it with a lot of games that you know, long tail games over the years where there's a, there's a drop off or there's a, mm. there's a, a, you know, kind of a, a feeling of a not great feeling towards those games, but the the development teams put in the work, they put in the time, and eventually they they win their communities back. And and I'm not saying that that you know the Halo community's gone or anything, but there there is clearly a drop off in interest and probably in players as well. But hopefully oh. in time, they're able to to, to win back. It, um, it's just I know for those... me. Uh, last point I want to make on this is is. I get a, I'm a little sad because I definitely care most about campaign DLC. And I know this is a live service multiplayer game, but we've been told to expect story-based stuff too. So, you know, if we're either going to get a continuation of where we left off at the end of the campaign and or maybe some uh, some blue team adventures that was hinted at in the in the audio logs, it sounds like that's way off in the distance so uh stay patient on that i suppose yeah i just feel like we were just told to expect a lot of things and a lot of those have not come to light and it feels like the 
basis, the base skeleton of Halo Infinite just never was really fully established. So building off of that, it feels like it's just a lot of stuff or just like, what do we expect? What should, and and now we, the community has built this expectation of like, well, maybe it's not going to be all that great. And after seeing the roadmap, it's like, oh, it's more of the same. It feels like they're not being heard, which is the biggest issue. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's just like acknowledgement of there being mistakes, which they have done, but it's like, they're just that base, that expect base expectation, which just was not there. It just was not met. So going forward, it, it you need to build back up, but it feels like it just haven't, hasn't been able to. So yeah. it's, it's just one of those things of like, I guess we can see how it goes. But as of right now, I'm not expecting a whole lot, especially with this future roadmap that we have. It's so disappointing too, because it's fantastic to play. Like it feels yeah. so good. It's a great shooter. It's, it's like, I don't know, I'm over here just like cheering them on and I just hope <laughs> they figure it out or get it right. Or Microsoft helps and gets what they need if it's a resource thing. Because if, if they're prioritizing team health, I'm like, okay, well, then it sounds like maybe if you want to keep doing better, you need to scale the resources, right? Like just project management stuff and all that good things. But I'm sure it's very complicated and I don't want to like make light of that. But also like Microsoft, this is this is Master Chief and the Spartans. Yeah. Hey, On the out. plus side, uh, <laughs> they did, you know, they got there with Master Chief Collection, which again, yeah. You know, we've told that story a million times. Should it have been in the state it was when it launched? No, but they did put in the work. They did get it there. And so uh, we look forward to them doing the same over time with Infinite. All right, we got to do a quick speed round of Unlock Block trivia. Miranda in the lead with four points, Stella at three, Destin at two. So, uh, hey, Destin, time to, <laughs> time to get, get in gear here. Our question comes from Devin, who asks... These four Xbox 360 games, we talked about the 360 at the top of the show, uh, all have enhancements on Xbox One X and Series X. Which of the four does not benefit from FPS boost? We got that, that big surge of games that got FPS boost back at the 20th anniversary just uh, several months ago. So three of the four games that I'm about to list for you have FPS boost if you're playing them on a One X or a Series. One of them doesn't. Tell me which one doesn't. Is it Final Fantasy XIII, Sonic Generations, the original Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 1, or the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion? I will go to Destin first because he's in last place. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say B, Sonic Generations, and I, I don't want to talk about it more because... <laughs> Right. Well, we do need wow, to move quickly okay. here because okay, yeah. we are about out of time. So, uh, uh, Stella, let me go your way next. That was kind of my answer, but also like I was looking at A, but I'm just like I feel like Final Fantasy would definitely have had. I, I feel like something. <sighs> Dang it! I'll be different. I'll go with A. Okay, <laughs> so you're going with Final Fantasy, Miranda. How about you? Uh, I don't know this. See, Assassin's Creed. All right. So we have three different answers. That's good. Uh, and someone did get it right. That's the good news. So we're going to put a point on the board. And Stella, I'm so glad you went back to A and didn't stick with Destin because yes! it was Final Fantasy 13. Right. And that ties you for the lead with Miranda. Uh, Final Fantasy 13 got a lot of work put into it. It is uh, a very, very good version of Final Fantasy 13. If you have not played that one, it's lightning. It's the lightning game. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that pop a few times. I was like, I think I've seen that in things so i didn't think it was going to be that one because i remember them it being in like a press release or something so i was like oh i don't think so my logic was sonic already goes fast so i <laughs> can't imagine he needed an fps boost my logic Gotta was sonic faster. needs to continue to go fast <laughs> therefore it wouldn't get the boost <laughs> uh, thank you to Devin for sending that question in uh, and i invite the audience to send in more good xbox trivia questions which you can send by email to unlocked at ign.com Include the question, include four multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email and don't forget your name. And if you want, your gamer tag as well. And we'll play again next week. Well, it's time to get on out of here. I want to thank our super producer, Red, for uh, making the show happen. As always, I'm Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Miranda? You can find me at Havoc Gross, and that's Havoc with a K. Everywhere, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Stella? Yeah, I'm just Parallax Stella everywhere. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm everywhere. 
You're everywhere. Excellent. <laughs> Destin, are you everywhere too? Yeah, I'm Destin, and it's your last week to order cookies from LeGarryBakery.com before <laughs> I take a little vacation. So order today. Nice plug. Excellently done there, <laughs> sir. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching and or listening. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash IGN games. If you'd like to just sub there, it's nice and easy. And otherwise, we will see you back here next week. Thank <laughs> you.